We could survive that. We could survive that. We could survive. Hello and welcome to We Could Survive That, your survival guide to the movies. I'm Jack, and today I'm joined by a man who is about to meet his girlfriend's parents for the first time. There's no pressure, Chris. Just, you know, be yourself. I don't like that. (laughs) What, being yourself? Or meeting people? Meeting people. Ah. What about it don't you like? Everything. (laughs) You never know how to act around new people. Yeah. Um, Do you want some tips? No, because I don't want to meet new people. (laughs) Whatever. No, I don't. What if this relationship goes down the pan and you have to find a new podcast co-host? No, why not? I'll just stay in bed an extra hour. My God, that's no way to live. Comfortably. (laughs) Not getting up at (laughs) awkward times. Who would want to live like that? Madness. Do you know what we're doing today on the podcast, Chris? We're doing a movie about hypnosis. Yes. Called? Get Out. Yes, which came out in 2017, directed by Jordan Peele, one half of Key and Peele, uh, the film stars... Um, Got a messy name. D- I'm, Go on. I'm so sorry. Daniel Kuwayu. Kuwayu. Definitely said that wrong. I'm so sorry. I, sh- I shouldn't be allowed to say people's names. You should no, say I'll, it. I'll say the next name. <laughs> uh, his girlfriend is Kit Snicket. No, it's Alison Wilson. Yeah, but she's Kit Snicket from a series of unfortunate events, a TV series. Okay, I didn't know that. I think she was also... Maybe you should watch it and you'll find out. <laughs> I think she's also in Gossip Girls or Mean Girls or something like that. Uh, one of those TV shows. Of course you'd know that. Well, I did look at her IMDb. You watch the shows. So, <laughs> I don't. You did. And a bunch of other people. Uh, lots of talented uh, actors in this film. Uh, all of them pretty good. This is a pretty good film, Chris, Get Out. It's a horror suspense film. Back in 2017, I think this got um, Oscar nominations. Uh, which is unusual for a horror film. It did very well. It had 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, and it's I think it's 7.7 stars on IMDb. I don't know what the currency transfer is between IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. I'm assuming more people rank it on Tomatoes because that's got a, a wider appeal, I guess. Who knows? Uh, but two white guys talking about a film <laughs> about African-Americans directed oh, no. by an African-American. This is... Yeah, this is just what the internet needs, isn't it? We've done this before. Have we? Black Panther. Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> um, David's in Black Panther as well. He's one of the border tribes. And um, the guy that plays, uh, the guy at the beginning uh, who gets kidnapped. And oh, that guy, right, on, yeah, yeah. He's L in uh, Death Note. L, is he the detective man? He is, yeah. Yes, yeah. I oh. thought I recognised him. I, I didn't recognise him in the slightest. Because oh, well, he had his face covered up in Death Note. Yeah, and he had a beard in this, and then he changed, became another man in this. Yeah. So I still don't recognise him. <laughs> He's I a d- chameleon of an actor. When they showed him the second time round, I didn't realise it was the guy from the beginning of the film. I knew that they were going to bring him up again at some point, because they had to. Yeah. But, yeah, good setup. So, Chris, it's your worst nightmare, and I'm not talking about hypnosis and being kidnapped and stuff, I'm, I'm talking about... Social interaction. Yes. <laughs> I hate <laughs> social interaction. So this is really the horror part for you. All the blood and gore that comes later on is that's like that's more natural to me. That's it's your just, comfort zone. Yeah, that's you know you know what you're doing. But when you're at a, a fancy lardy da party and you've got to meet loads of new people, yeah, I felt for him in that scene. I really did. Okay, so Chris is the main character of this film. I he am, is yeah. n- no, <laughs> not really. Uh, <laughs> this Chris, film Chris, is uh. 
African-American guy. And he's a keen photographer. Uh, he's got a good eye for framing and apertures and other photography jargon. He's and in better physical condition than either of us. Yes, put together. I mean, if you put us together, then we'd be very overweight. And All right, speak sure. for yourself. Jesus, how much do you no, weigh? Not a lot. I'm probably underweight. I think I'm... I'm you're definitely. I'm, I'm close to overweight. I'm not there yet, though. You're just big boned, Chris. It's fine. Thank you. Put the pizza down. And <laughs> <laughs> um, he's in a relationship with Rose. Uh, they've been in, been together for four months, and it's that time, Chris, in the relationship. It's too hasty. Where it is a bit hasty. Four months to be meeting the parents. Oh my God! At least make it a three years. Three years. At least be married before Precisely. you meet the parents. <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing. I just assumed that they were like some sort of college university together. No, it probably think... isn't. I don't think it is. They're just living their lives, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, I think they're like they are. mid twenties, I yeah. guess, uh, character age wise. I think that would make sense. So yeah, they're both consenting grown-up adults. And Chris is slightly wary. He's like, your your parents, they do know that I'm a black man. And she's like, oh yeah, they're they're fine with it. It doesn't matter. Uh, My dad voted for Obama. Yeah, and he'd do it for a A third third time. time. Yes. I'm sure lots of people... Subtle shot at Trump then. (laughs) Yeah. Oh boy. (laughs) I'm thinking when you're meeting the parents of your other half for the first time... I've got some ground rules, Dear. okay, or some cautionary uh, advice. One, I'd say meet on neutral ground. Yeah, don't go to their home turf. No, never give them the home field advantage, Chris. Right. Okay. Well, why can't is... they come to your home field? Because then you've got the home field advantage, and that's that's probably not what they want either. They'll be on alert. Okay. Okay. So rather than meeting at one of the other person's houses, you have to go to a pub. A, a pub or a restaurant never in the first meeting go for a whole weekend you know how you went straight to a pub or restaurant yeah. I was going to say a friend's house no <laughs> like you bring up your you this bring is your Dave <laughs> this is his house imagine him Sweden this is neutral territory yeah no like don't go straight in for the overnight weekend visit that's a bit too much especially if you don't like them I don't know happens on meet the parents don't it yeah that works out in the end I mean, this doesn't, but that no, sort of does, yeah. <laughs> We're not in the Meet the Parents universe or Meet the Fockers. Or I mean, we could be. This, we, they shared, this could be a shared universe. Yeah. Okay, tips for get out and Meet the Fockers. Right. So, neutral territory. Uh-huh. I mean, I know it's America, so it's it, the distance travelling is probably necessitates an overnight stay. Right. But I go neutral ground first, like a restaurant. Like, one night, couple of hours... And then you can go home and maybe never see them again. Interesting. If the relationship doesn't work out, okay? So that's a fun tip. Fair enough. Tip two. Uh-huh. If you do have to go and see them oh, no. on that home field advantage, yeah, you could... Bring a gift. Bring it. Yes. Wine. For yourself to help you get through <laughs> what you're going to have to deal with. Wine for the hosts. A hip flask full of vodka or whiskey or whatever your preferred tipple is, just in case. <laughs> Okay. Something to soothe you off uh, to sleep at night, just just from the stress of being. I don't think you should you. do that in this movie. You need to be alert constantly. Well, we'll we'll get to it in a minute. But uh, any any other tips? A gift is a good one. Um, telling people where you are is also just generally a, a good one. Because Chris in this film has a great friend, uh, Rod, who is favorite character in the film. Yes, it's so refreshing to have a character in a horror film. That has seen a horror film. And knows what to do, yeah. Yeah. 
because he talks like how we would talk if you were going off to a cabin in the woods to meet people i go oh I'll make sure they're not a texas chainsaw massacre man i mean i do it jokingly but there'd be a bit of me that would secretly go maybe it is please make sure yeah <laughs> and that's how rod talks he's like oh you, you don't meet them don't go to that house full of crazy white people that's realistic it's refreshing because you don't get much of that do you people in horror films well no because they're always morons that's true that's how horror films work (laughs) yeah so that's that's a refreshing spin on it also rod is the comic relief character but he serves one he serves a point to the film he's actively trying to help his friend he's not like a bumbling C3PO. Yeah. His role is plot convenient. I was going to say orientated. It, but yeah, it, it helps. Two, the comic relief bits are actually funny, which is also, you'd expect that from one half of Keel and Peel. I can think of another character in movie history who does both those things. Who's that? Jar Jar. What, he does horror and... No, he's comic relief and he's relevant to the plot. Uh, yes. I don't think so. But that's refreshing as well, because... It's not often that horrors get that blend right of a purely comic character that isn't just in there for the sake of being in there. So, yeah, he he gets this right. And I think this also lends credence to the fact that if you can do comedy, you can do pretty much anything. You can do drama, you can do scary things. Because it's all about timing, isn't it? Comedy and horror is is all about timing. You've got to get the punchline right. And the punchline in horror films is... A spooky thing. A spooky thing. Yeah. Or a creepy thing. Exactly. Would you agree with that, or am am I just being... No, I'm happy with everything you said. Good. That makes a change. I'm going to tear this all to pieces (laughs) at the end, though. Okay. Did you you like this film overall? I did. Um, I got confused at the end, and I did a bit of Googling. Okay. Because I was like, is the film trying to say this? And I thought, that's a bit ridiculous. And I Googled, and I was like, the film was trying to say this? Okay. (laughs) Okay, right. Oh, oh. I'll ask I think you, you can figure which point that is. Maybe I'll ask you about it in in a, in a bit. But yeah, Chris and Rose they get to the to the house. They've hid a deer on the way there, and the the family unit Rose's family unit consists of Dad Dean, brother Jeremy, and Mum uh, Missy, who is a hypnotist, therapist, psycho babble. She's also from the Forty Year Old Virgin. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say she's also from the 40s. <laughs> she's a time traveller. <laughs> My God. And uh, they get to chatting. Uh, we get a back, bit of background on them. So Dean used to be a smoker, but Missy's hypnosis therapy made him quit. Uh, Jeremy, he has just come back from uh, medical school. He was doing, I don't know whether he's on a summer break or whatnot. Because the dad's a neurosurgeon. He wants to follow in his dad's footsteps for a reason. Yes, there is a reason. I like that bit of foreshadowing. Mm. It's it's nice and not too on the nose. And uh, Dean reveals that the next day they're having a get-together of family, friends and stuff. Uh, as a little annual party that they do or barbecue or yeah and Rose is like oh is it this weekend oh no I forgot and you can see Chris is like oh shit <laughs> people <laughs> more people and he is kind of wary because uh, the only other two African American people that he's seen around the house are Georgie who is uh, the sort of cook yeah like a maid yeah indoor cleaning person yeah, yeah. and Walter who's the sort of yeah groundskeeper and Dean explains that, oh, we hired these two to look after my parents when they were ill. But when my folks died, I couldn't bear to 
let them go so I kept them on to sort of help out around the house and they're kind of shifty-ish they they sort of they don't act how you would expect them to act yeah that's what that's what throws Chris off isn't it yeah there's something just not quite right they're kind of dead-eyed smiles and sort of stuff like that it's like the lights are on but there's no like soul there someone's not home yeah they're, they're gonna have to pay the electricity bill regardless pretty much yeah <laughs> Okay, so Chris can't really get to sleep, so he gets up and has a late night cigarette or attempts, or attempts to, to. But then all kinds of creepy stuff goes on. Walter is having a a seriously intense run around the garden. You know, just sprinting directly at Chris. It looks like he's gonna tackle him and he veers off sudden. That guy can move as well. I know. I was in some impressive sprinting. It's thing. a really long take as well. It's as good, isn't it's it? It's uncomfortable. I, I know it's, well it's meant to be, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Because <laughs> you've got a really long time to think about, okay, what's he going to do? What am I going to do? It's <laughs> sort of like that. And I like it. And then um, Georgie is, is sort of just looking in the mirror, like the window and behaving she, a bit. Yeah, she's looking at her ref- reflection, adjusting her hair, isn't she, and everything. Yeah. Then Chris, after not having a cigarette, goes back inside. And Missy's waiting in her hypnosis room and like, hey, I can I can stop you from from having a having a smoke because i don't like it when you smoke in front of my daughter but we're going to talk about a traumatic experience from your childhood whilst turning a teaspoon in the tea and the sound of the you know against the cup yeah is going to make you go funny chris knows that she's a hypnotist and that's what she does uh, for a living and, and yeah he willingly sits there and speaks to her yes okay so i did some googling about hypnosis because i'm not i don't know a lot about it and i found some some interesting facts about it 25 percent of people cannot be hypnotized i don't know where that number comes from or what uh, kind of study that was is it the same 25 percent of people who are immune to the cure in the cured different films okay i would have thought that would have been higher than a quarter of people because that means 75% of people can be hypnotised well does that speak about us because <laughs> that seems pretty high uh, hypnosis works more efficiently apparently on people that have uh, lower attention spans and less I don't want to say function but less in the area of the brain that manages control and attention span if they're not if that bit of the brain is less active then you're more susceptible to being see I thought that wouldn't have been the case if you've got a less attention span, they're trying to hypnotise you and you'd lose interest and look at something else. Yeah, but then you're not paying attention to it. Exactly. So if I, if I hold up my finger and tell you to keep looking at my finger, uh-huh. in about five minutes you'll stop looking at my finger. It's and not then even going to be a minute. <laughs> it won't. You're not even looking at it now. No. I also read a thing that you can only be hypnotised if you essentially want to be, if you're all into being hypnotised or if you're not aware that you're being hypnotised. So if you don't... If you if you're not keeping track of that teaspoon, and you know that she's doing the rhythmic scraping to try and lull you into a right. a daze, then that might be why. I'll be honest; it was only a quick Google. A and, quick Google, and I'm by no means an expert. Was the scene longer than your Google? Probably. Okay. I don't think that would hypnotise me. Just listen to the sound of a spoon against a cup as you know she's stirring it. If anything, I'd be like, "Have you stirred it enough? How can you stop?" <laughs> I think the sugar's dissolved, lady. That sound is really irritating. But she's sort of put Chris into a a state of sort of shock. She's caught him off guard by going, hey, let's talk about your dead mum. 
and the scraping of the spoon and the sort of catching him off guard and the three taps that sends him into the sunken place. I mean, out of the two of us, who do you think would be more susceptible to being hypnotised? Bearing in mind, if you say the wrong answer, I'll share a story that doesn't look good for you. Okay. (laughs) I'll share one that doesn't look good for you then. My one's true, though. Oh, kind of interested now. (laughs) That you Uh. fell asleep whilst getting changed once. (laughs) And you woke up and it was the next day. (laughs) Did I? Well, let me... (laughs) <laughs> you did tell me that story, but yeah. Yeah, that does sound like me. Yeah. Exactly. See, so they wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to hypnotize me. No, you're constantly... I'm too tired to be hypnotized. <laughs> They'd be like, no, focus. Focus on the spoon. A's asleep. But then they'd just do whatever nefarious thing. You can be hypnotized while you're asleep. Like, people do, like, the tapes that oh, go... Like oh, like Chandler. Yeah, like to quit smoking. Yeah. Like, tapes that say don't smoke and stuff like that whilst you're asleep. I don't know whether that actually works or whether it's subconscious I'm stuff. I'm not trying it. I don't know. So I, I think being tired would work into being able to be hypnotized. Yeah, but there's a thing, though. If I was in that situation, I'd be so tired, I wouldn't be getting up for a cigarette. I'd be asleep. She wouldn't be coming in to hypnotize me, would she? Yeah, but you're like all stressed out, man, because you've met new people. I know. You'd I'd, be stressed out. I'd have stomach cramps. I'd have a headache. Those are different issues to the one that Chris in the film is dealing with. Those are... Entirely your own issues, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not project. But yeah, the sunken place. The sunken place. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> I, really? like, I, li- I like the look of it. It was. Um, Would you like to be there? No, God no. But I like the way how it's. It's essentially it looks like he's in water, isn't it? Sinking. You know, sunken place. But I like the whole. You know, looking at a screen, which is his vision, where you can see, and so he can see what's happening, but he's just not in control. He's he's, he's paralyzed and all this. Disconnected lot. from. He's yeah. aware. But there's nothing he can do because he's like an out-of-body experience yeah. or an inner-body experience. Or, yeah, a, a super inner-body experience. Oh. Oh, I, I like that. I don't know whether it makes sense or not. <laughs> but I there we go. Sense. Yeah, so the sun can place. Uh, he wakes up from being hypnotized the next day and uh, thinks it was all a dream, but it slowly does come back to him that he went outside and all this strange stuff was happening and he got hypnotized and he doesn't want a cigarette. Uh, so at least she done something good for him. Yeah. But then he's worried that she might have done something else. His phone keeps being unplugged, so he's got less charge to talk to his friends. Yeah, so he keeps dying. That was clever, rather than outright stealing it. In modern times, you've got to come up with new ways of dealing with the whole everyone's always in connection with anyone at any given time because of mobile phones. So this was a nice way of of doing that. Uh, But he does get in touch with Rod, who's like... They're going to hypnotise you and turn you into a sex slave. Get out of there, man. <laughs> Just leave. I like how you... Rod went straight to sex slave as well. Yeah. Whether that's true or not. I mean, actually, it probably in some is aspects true. of it, yeah. If we talk about the guy who's abducted at the start of the film. Andre, he, he was kidnapped at the start of the film. He shows up when everybody else shows up. Uh, a bunch of middle-aged to old white people show up in black cars all dressed like they're ready for a funeral or something. Some of them are visibly ill, guy in a wheelchair with an oxygen mask. There's an old guy that used to play golf uh, on a with a walking stick, and they're all acting very strange. They're asking very personal questions to Chris. Touching his muscles and stuff. Yeah, going, oh, is it, is it better in bed with a... With a with is a, it true what black? they say? Yeah, yeah and stuff you, like that. Once you go black, you never go back, and sort of that <laughs> stuff. So, yeah, sex slave stuff, and asking about golf swings and, and a whole manner of things. But yeah, Andre is the only other black person there, apart from the, the groundskeeper and, and, and the maid. But um, 
yeah, he he is acting quite weird as well. He introduces himself as Logan King, yes. so a completely different name. Yeah, and then a woman comes up who's well twice his age essentially, and is his wife. Yeah, bells go off in Chris's mind because he thinks he's seen this guy before, and he takes a picture of him. But the flash triggers something. Logan snaps out of whatever thingy trance or whatever he's in and he's like you need to get out of here get out now and he gets real angry and he's grabbing him by the the collar and eventually the rest of the guests split the two up and then next we see um missy's coming out of the room with him and he's like i'm sorry i I must have had too much to drink or it was a seizure or something like that and i'm not not used to it but uh chris is thoroughly freaked out and he sends the picture to rod who's like hey yeah we knew that guy uh, he went missing like a couple of months ago and nobody knows where he went, so maybe be a bit wary. Uh, well, but Leave. Leave, get out, okay? You shouldn't have gone there. He even warns you to get out, doesn't yeah. he, when he grabs hold of you? In the title of the of the film, yeah. Chris goes to this lake and there's a sunset and he and Rose have a chat and he's like, I don't want to be here, man. This has got all kinds of funny vibes and Rose is like, you're going to leave me? And he's like, no, I want you to come with me and not be here. We'll make up an excuse and we'll go. I'm really not comfortable. And as they're having this chat, Dean is organising a silent fucking auction. It's good, isn't it? I like that. (laughs) It's so creepy. There's also a part where Chris goes upstairs and everyone in the party is chatting and as soon as he's out of sight, they all just stop and... That's freaky as well. I just want to listen to what he's doing, don't they? They're all very interested in him. And for good reason. Yeah, because they're bidding on him. They want to... It's window shopping. Yeah, they're bidding on him. And the winning bid is placed by Jim Hudson, who's played by Stefan Root. Um, And he talks to Chris during the party. He's a blind art dealer or a photography dealer. And he's saying, I'm a big fan of your work. I've heard of you, Chris, and... My assistant describes the pictures to me, and I, I think you've got a good eye. And uh, so, yeah, he, he places the winning bid. Ten grand, I think it was. Or million. Oh, ten million? I don't know. We're going millions? I'm going millions. Or maybe it was more. Maybe it's 20, because he holds up the ten twice. Okay, let's we'll say 20 grand. It's not going to be 20 million. It could be million. 20 grand. I think that's kind of low. Do you reckon? 200? 200,000. Yeah, that makes more sense. That I don't might know if got still 20. be low. A blind art dealer is going to be dishing out 20 million yeah from the gallery funds probably. yeah i mean this sure. is a, this is a secret society that we're dealing with and i'll get 20 quid maybe it's not 20 quid. they're not buying a person and <laughs> the stuff that comes after <laughs> for 20 pounds okay so yeah chris and rose they agree that they're gonna make up an excuse about chris's dog be- not being well and they- they're gonna leave uh but before they do chris has left in rose's room alone for a little bit and there's this cubby door that's open and there's this red box inside and it's got a load of strange pictures in it with rose with all of her past boyfriends and girlfriend or just like party pictures one of them uh being walter and georgie who's looks completely different she's not this like this prim and proper housewife she's kind of hairs down hair smiling yeah yeah. and it's all very very strange she also says to chris how he is her first black boyfriend and yet on all these pictures all, all the previous boyfriends are black as well. Now, this makes you think, and I want to know what you thought of this, whether she's in on this, luring him back there, or whether the family hypnotises her so she forgets about it, goes well, out and gets a new boyfriend and brings him back again. Well, I knew the twist going into the film. The, Fair enough. <laughs> the, so, I, 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 I don't know how I knew. Maybe I listened to a, a different podcast. But, um, no, I, I knew the twist going into it. It didn't 
like ruined my enjoyment of the film in fact it made it better because rose when she does the turn finally it's even more you son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) because she's really likable and i I read some trivia that um peel said okay uh, you got to treat these characters you got to treat rose as two different characters so there's rose the loving and friendly girlfriend and then there's the crazy half of her which is just a psychopath and cold and just a complete bitch <laughs> just, just <laughs> a psychopath say, yeah. yeah just a just a mean mean lady and it's all done when she puts her hair up yeah which it's you know it's serious when when the hair yeah. is up so chris is freaking out it's like rose give me the keys give me the car keys and she's like nah i can't do that and uh, he gets taken out with a teaspoon tap to the side of the the china, which is like a a trigger that sends him into the sunken place, and then he's all ready to be operated on. Operated on, yeah. He's he's taken down into a pre-op room, isn't he? Pre-mental op, as it's turned. And the TV pops on. It explains to him sort of what's happening. Yeah. What is happening, Chris? I don't know. It's all very confusing. <laughs> okay, right. I'll tell you. Uh, essentially what uh this family do uh, is they kidnap people and then put them up for sale and then the winning bidder gets to have their brain or like the top half of their brain there's a bit of the brain that contains the original host's personality that still has to be there for like motor functions and things like that but like technical mumbo jumbo and then they're basically swapped brain of person a is put into the subject and then they basically have a new body this organization there's some backstory on it some extensive backstory they are actually uh offshoots of the templars that were looking for the holy grail <laughs> where did you get this from uh, from imdb peel said he'd, he'd put in like a lot of effort into the backstory of this sort of cult it's it's not in the film it doesn't have to be but there are a few nods to it and i th- i think it's like a fun thing to know that okay. they were originally knights templars that were looking for the holy grail to sort of extend their lives right and then they went into surgeries and stuff and then they perfected this uh coagular procedure which uh, basically swaps brains into younger fresher bodies that's how they get eternal life apparently by just switching into different people's bodies so yeah jim being the successful bidder goes hey i appreciate your work and your art and i appreciate your work that's why i I wanted to be in your in your body because i want your eye so i want to be able to have that that knack for seeing beauty in a in a photo so that's why you're gonna be forever just in the back of my head yeah i mean (laughs) it's not all bad is it because you're not gonna die but you're just gonna be there watching uh your life playing out with no control over it. No. Just a, a rear seat passenger. That sounds awful. Also, this procedure, because it turns out, plot twist, uh, a few other people in the house have actually had it done. Walter is actually granddad, <laughs> the granddad yeah. of the family, and Georgina is actually the grandma. Whilst Chris is there, they're just playing at being... Are they just playing roles? Yeah, but or do you think they actually make them do that? Like? No, I think they're just playing roles for the benefit of Chris being there. But they, right, being in this, I think it slows you down a little bit. Being in... Yeah, they don't have complete control. control. No, they don't, because it's like the two personalities are sort of mingling together, isn't it? Well, not mingling. I mean, there's sort of, there's sometimes a wrestling match and like a flash of light will bring out 
uh, the original personality or sometimes there are moments where the original personality if they're doing something like really heinous will try to take over the body again and, and try and stop them doing it but i think it's like a constant fight in in their brain and usually the new personality wins but it just slows everything down a, t- a fraction right so it, it gives them that kind of weird look and also it's a it's an old person in a young person's body so when they come out with like oh how are you dear and all that stuff it's it's going to be weird because yeah no young person talks like that i talk like that all the time no you don't i can't see this being a very good way of well living forever they like it because they, they appear to be doing it to a lot of people yeah but they also have to be constantly supervised as well so andre he's constantly doted on by his wife just in case he has a relapse into the original personality and like grandma and grandpa they're probably still living at home just in case oh yeah they definitely live there they're not yeah yeah because thing at any moment things could snap back to the way they were just as the the surgery's getting all wrapped up i mean uh how how would you escape being tied to a to a chair with this horrible propaganda and four people in the house above you getting ready to cut out your brain. Well, you know how he leans forward to try and bite the strap, doesn't he? Yes. I was looking at the strap and I was like, he could have done that. If, if he'd put more effort in, he could have done that. I reckon I could have got that strap you off. You bit through the strap? No, no, not biting through. I reckon I could have bit and I would have pulled it out. Bit your arm off? No, I would have pulled <laughs> the strap out, you know, as if he was undoing it. I think I could have done that. But I have a feeling there's probably a camera watching him and had that started to happen... I mean, uh, we know there's an audio, audio connection feed, in yeah. there, yeah, because he talks to um, Jim before the operation because apparently both of them knowing what's going to happen will make it easier. I don't think so because you'd be able to mentally prepare for it and maybe fight back. Do you reckon? I think I'd be freaking out more <laughs> put me in a more situation. I'd be like screaming and crying. <laughs> yeah, thinking, oh, why did I come here? Jack was right. I shouldn't have come here to meet these people. Yeah. Jack's yep. always right. You'd, you'd be rodding this. <laughs> I, w- I was going to say, if if the roles, who would make the better rod? Because if I was in this sort of situation, you wouldn't come to find me, would you? No. No, you're way too lazy. <laughs> you'd show up here on podcast day and you go, well, Jack isn't here. Oh, well, okay. I, I can go yeah. back to sleep. You only went to meet that family five months ago. <laughs> Is it odd that he's not? I've not seen him since. But All right, whatever. I guess he's busy, yeah. Yeah for five months would you come looking for me yeah you don't like long distance driving though that'd I'd be a long a journey I'd get a train how are we going to escape <laughs> we'll get the train back you'd be better off if I was the rod in the situation right but I, I don't want to be because I don't want to be in that situation that Chris is in but what he does is actually quite clever and I was um impressed yeah with what so what he nervously scratching at the the arms of the chair which brings out all the the filling the cotton filling and when jeremy comes in for the pre-op to sort of sedate him and stuff chris is actually fully awake because his stuffed is is full of the cotton to block out the hypnosis video that's going on and uh, he beats jeremy up with a croquet ball i don't know I something heavy though you know? yeah it hits him twice over the head with it just for good measure and jeremy's yeah. down for the count then dean is preparing jim in the operation room he's cut the top of his skull off already i mean you shouldn't really leave the brain exposed to the air Just... I don't it doesn't have like a protective membrane over it well he cuts the skull off but I, I still wouldn't leave it open to the environment 
that long. Well, in my past experience with removing brains, by the time you'd got to skull off, it was expecting Jeremy to have already been there with. Yeah, but uh, then you still got he? to cut Chris's head open as well. Oh, he's the neurosurgeon. Don't just and let him get off. He's done this operation successfully before. And also, they're quite close to each other, and fine specks of blood could go into Jim's head and stuff. Also, were they tested to make sure that they were the same blood type and that the organ wouldn't be rejected? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how it works. No. I don't know if it's the whole part of the brain or just the front part. I think it's just like the the personality bit because you need the motor control. Anyway, it doesn't matter because Dean is stabbed with uh, a big old stag head. Yeah, that was good. Because at the beginning of the film, he hates deers. And now he gets killed by a deer. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of that. It's fun. Yeah, that's good. Also, who the fuck has candles in an operating theatre? Yeah, that is weird. Scented? Probably, yes. (laughs) I mean, I get it's an operation, but they're still treating it as like a a ritual, aren't they? So we've got to get some lit candles in there. I mean, there's like hypnosis stuff as well so maybe there's some hypnosis stuff that they got to do mid-operation or would have been surprised there's like some sort of satanic worship book in the back yeah well they are knights templars they're not really they're satan they're not they? really knights anymore no. though are they well oh, hey. the templars get such a bad rep they're the bad guys in assassin's creed as well yeah they're just bad people stop cutting people's brains open they're man. english weren't they yeah we're the okay. worst people. Fair enough. <laughs> We're the worst. Uh, but uh, yeah, so D- Dean's down for the cow. I mean, we don't really need to survive as these people well, so as, do we? as the hypnotising racist abducting people. Yeah. No, I'm happy with them dying. I mean, our, our job is quite simple for this because Chris does pretty much everything right. I mean, he, he kills a bit the sloppy ad- work, but... Whatever. Well, he kills the attackers, which is what... Just to be safe... Uh-huh. I think you'd have to. You reckon? Yes. I suppose. Yeah, okay, we'll go with that. Just because you're in a confined space, you don't know like, if you'll be able to get out, if the doors are locked. So you've got to make sure that you can't be sneaked up behind on and do the double tap. Which, which does happen anyway. Yeah, which doesn't work with Jeremy initially because he comes back just as uh, Chris is getting to the door. And um, yeah, Chris kills Missy before this. She How stabs does he kill her again? Uh, Missy, oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, she goes for the teaspoon, but uh, he knocks it off. She gets the letter opener or something, stabs him in the hand, and then Wait. Chris stabs her in the eye. I like how he puts his hand up. She stabs through it, and he just looks angry. He's like, you bitch, I'm you coming for you. Girl. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, then Jeremy comes up and stops him getting out, and then he gets stabbed and kicked to death. Rose is up in her room. Sinisterly looking for her next victim. Sinisterly drinking milk and eating cereals one at a time. Yeah. Dry. I mean, that's more evil. Also, she's got a backdrop of all of the photos of her past victims. Yeah. I mean, out of all of them, she's probably... The, she, she's like the most psycho. Yeah, because she's getting some enjoyment out of playing the role of doting girlfriend. Yeah, whereas the and others then, are sort of just doing it for money. Yeah, homicidal maniac. I mean, yeah. She's the lure that likes being a lure. Yeah. And... Yeah, she's hanging up the pictures like trophies, like yeah. the stag head in the in the basement. She's yeah. proud of the hunt, and yeah, she's got a, like a hunting rifle as well. She comes at Chris with the hunting rifle, so yeah, this is uh, good. This is after he uh, this is after he takes out Jeremy, he gets outside, doesn't he? Get some car keys out of Jeremy's pocket. Yeah, conveniently placed car keys, I might add. Yeah, considering Jeremy's about to help in a surgery. It's the car from the beginning of the film that kidnaps yeah, Andre. With the, uh, Run, rabbit, run song in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's also a, a, a knight's helmet 
in the passenger seat. Which oh, is, Knights Templar, right. Yeah. I was wondering why it was a helmet. Yeah. Okay. It's another little clue. Just as Chris, though, is driving, he accidentally knocks over Georgina. Georgina and he's like, yeah. oh, shit, I best get her in. And Has flashbacks her. to his mum, doesn't he, who uh, got killed in a hit and run. Yeah. So he's like, oh, I should just leave her, which he should have done. Well, no, he thinks that she's a victim in this as well. Because at the moment, as, as I was thinking, I was thinking that oh, she's been hypnotised and that's why she's doing it. It turns out she's not, though, because she's wearing a wig because she's got a massive scar across her brain. Uh, it's grandma. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, there's a car crash that she, she tries to fight. Grandma's killed. Then Rose and Grandad, who's Walter, come up. Uh, Walter starts strangling him, uh, Chris. And then there's the flash, which snaps him out of it. Grandpa goes, give me the gun. It's not Grandpa. And shoots Rose and then shoots himself because he doesn't want to be taken back over by uh, racist Grandpa. Yeah, racist Grandpa. (laughs) Hypnotist man. Rose bleeds out and then Rod shows up in his, not police car, it's like transport police car. TSA thing, is it? Yeah. And he's like, man, I told you not to go. (laughs) And Chris is rescued and the family's dead. How are they going to explain this? I mean, there's enough evidence in there that they were, like, surgery maniacs. No, not, though, because of the fire. Oh. It's going to burn it all down. Yeah, but there's going to be a body They're going to look like, at a it. surgery room. Yeah, but like I said, most of it's going to get destroyed in a fire. And as far as they're concerned, they're going to have this nice, I'm doing quotation marks here, family whose daughter brings her boyfriend home for the weekend who then appears to murder everybody and burns the house down. Yeah, I mean, he does, but he's got reasons for it. Yeah, but they're not going to believe him. Very valid reasons. If he goes, why'd you do it? Oh, they hypnotised me, they're going to take my brain out, and they're going to be like, you're ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) We're arresting you, you obviously you need um, psychiatric care. Yeah, but there is also uh, Andre, who's been... I don't know whether he's just been hypnotised or whether he's had brain transplant surgery. No, I think he's had the full full thing. So if they find him... Yeah, and then go look, look at his brain. It's two different brains. <laughs> They're not going to believe that way. <laughs> yeah, because Rod does go to the police station and he's like, and they just laugh at him. Yeah, yeah, that was funny because <laughs> it is ridiculous. Exactly. So then, but not we know believe it's true. At all. But yeah, could you have come up with a more realistic story? No, I was quite happy with this one. No, I mean like when you're at the police station trying oh, to right. explain it. So. You could and have even, like cut out the hypnotist part, and you could have just gone. I don't hey. know, yeah, they were trying to auction me off their um, you know, they still fancy like slaves or something like that. Yeah, you could have like they're they're part of the clan or something like that. Come up with some story yeah. that's more that's not based on hypnotism, because <laughs> and I'd, I'd I'd point out I'd be like, you know, if you check with all the the previous guys they've taken there, they're all missing or whatever. Yeah. I mean, he does sort of try to bring that up, like, this guy's been missing and now he's there because I found him. And they're like, well, he's not missing him, is he? Yeah. So, but really, I just found him. <laughs> what would help Chris is if he had taken those, perhaps taken those photos Which of uh, Rose's... missing people. Yeah, yeah, because they all would have been, at some point, filed as missing. Yeah. And he'd have been like, look, here's these photos. They've all gone missing. They all ended up with this family. But then they'd probably have to track them down just living with white people, wouldn't they? Yeah. You can't really do DNA tests on the brain because... Well, no, You'd it, have to open up the brain. Exactly. Which would be risky. I know you're going to have to do I mean, the, Walter, uh, you're all right, because he shot himself in the brain. So you'd do, like, the yeah, DNA test Destroying the part that was... Uh, no, but you'd get, like, fragments of brain, which you could just scrape off of the... I don't know. Inconclusive, the, the bullet would uh, ruin it, wouldn't it? No, it wouldn't. I, DNA, you'd be able to get off of... You'd get it off blood spatter, so you'd be able to get it off brain matter. You'd probably be able to get more. And you'd go, hey, this isn't... This is Caucasian DNA. 
So, yeah, very very <laughs> strange that it would be an African-American. So, yeah. Yeah, Chris does everything perfectly because uh, he's clearly listened to this podcast. I know he has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I Great. Know. He's our number one fan. Exactly. Uh, Chris, any other thoughts? Uh, oh, what was your confusing bit about? Oh, about the brain. I wasn't sure whether they were transplanting the whole brain out or whether it was like a part of it because I was like, but if they just take the whole brain out of Chris and put this other dude's <laughs> whole brain in, I was like, that's not going to work. They they're just going to die. Yeah. No, it's I think it's just the the personality part of the brain. Right, yeah. That from the the older people into the younger bodies and then they suppress the original owner of the body with uh hypnosis. Uh so I think that's what's going on. Whether it's scientifically accurate or not, I don't know, but that doesn't matter cuz it's movies. Movies. <laughs> yeah. And it is a good film. I I enjoyed it. I would watch it again. Good, good. I was worried this wouldn't be kind of your because it's more thriller. It was great. But uh, yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Chris. Uh, how do people get in contact with us if they enjoy uh, Get Out as well? Through hypnosis. Uh, Look into my eyes. Nah. You can email us at wecouldsurvive.gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at We Could Survive. And of course, you can leave comments in any comment section that you find on any video and it will get back to us. Or actual podcast platform. Yes. Cool. Uh, next week, we'll be doing another film. Maybe Captain Marvel. I think that's out next week at some point. Correct. Oh. I can't see that yet. I've not seen Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, that's fine. They're completely unrelated. And Ant-Man and the Wasp, they both die. They get killed. Why would you tell me that? Killed by serial killers. They, they don't. Know, you do think they? it's going to be like a nice, fun romp, but uh, then they get stabbed it's repeatedly. Actually, it's the darkest Marvel film I've been released yeah, to date. The darkest five minutes of <laughs> Marvel. <laughs> Ant-Man gets stepped on. Uh, it's like the Ultimates... Um, uh, the blob makes an appearance for the first time in an MCU film and eats the wasp. None of that is true. Jesus. <laughs> but that's what happens in the Ultimates. So yeah, maybe Captain Marvel next week. Uh, but Chris, what do people do until then? Well, thank you to listen to We Could Survive That, your weekly survival guide to the movies. We're going to see you all next week for maybe Captain Marvel. But until then, keep on surviving. And dear God, do not meet anybody's parents and stay away from any type of social thing. Lock yourself in your room where it's safe. You know, get out of those social situations quickly you, you pop in <laughs> hi you're out again yeah i mean if there's cake there stay for the cake had he known what was going to be happening could he make himself look really bad in front of the guests so nobody would have wanted a bid on him yeah okay that's my plan then goodbye <laughs> <laughs> uncontrolled bowel movements midway through the party or something <laughs> sporadic uh, vomiting i wish that was acting yeah <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> make yourself undesirable to buy. Exactly. Nobody wants to live in this body. That's a good plan. It's clumsy. Because <laughs> then all Rose has to do is after the thing to say, oh, I don't think this is working, buy and break up. Yeah. That's it. Knock over the drinks tray. God, I've just survived the whole film without going through what Chris had to go through. Yeah, without becoming a murderer. Exactly. Yeah. It does require hindsight, but... Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it does It does it a does, lot. It does, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, pretend to be really clumsy. Exactly. And shit yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>